Welcome to Quantum Magazine Science Podcast. Come for the science, stay for the stories. For news, interviews, videos, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org. This week, a 28-year-old mathematician is discovering deep connections between number theory and geometry. In 2010, a rumor ran through the number theory community and reached Jared Weinstein. Apparently, a graduate student at the University of Bonn in Germany wrote a paper that redid a 288-page book dedicated to a single number theory proof in only 37 pages. The 22-year-old Peter Scholze found a way to sidestep one of the most complicated parts of the Harris-Taylor proof. That section deals with a sweeping connection between number theory and geometry. Weinstein, a number theorist at Boston University, said it was stunning for someone so young to have done something so revolutionary. Mathematicians at the University of Bonn already knew about Schulte's extraordinary mathematical mind. They made him a full professor when he was just 24. Schulte, now 28, has since risen to fame in the broader mathematics community. He is a heavy favorite of the Fields Medal, one of the highest honors in mathematics. Schulte's key innovation is a class of fractal structures he calls perfectoid spaces. His creation is only a few years old, but already has far-reaching consequences in arithmetic geometry. This is where number theory and geometry come together. Weinstein said Schulze can see developments before they even begin. Bhargav Bhatt, a mathematician at the University of Michigan, said mathematicians react to Schulze with a mixture of awe, fear, and exhilaration. But that's not because of his personality. His colleagues describe him as grounded and generous. Eugen Hellman, Schulze's colleague at Bonn, said he never makes you feel that he's somehow above you. Instead, it's because of his deep mathematical intuition. Unlike many mathematicians, he often starts not with a particular problem he wants to solve, but with an elusive concept that he wants to understand for its own sake. Anna Karayani, a number theorist at Princeton, said the structures he creates have applications in a million other areas. Schulte started teaching himself college-level mathematics at the age of 14 while attending a Berlin high school specializing in mathematics and science. Schulte said at that school, you weren't an outsider if you were interested in mathematics. At 16, Schulte learned that a decade earlier, Andrew Wiles proved the famous 17th century problem known as Fermat's Last Theorem. Schulte was eager to study the proof, but quickly discovered that despite the problem's simplicity, its solution uses some of the most cutting-edge mathematics around. He said he understood nothing, but that it was really fascinating. So Schulte worked backward, figuring out what he needed to learn to make sense of the proof. To this day, that's how he learns, he said. He never really learned basic things like linear algebra. He only understood them through learning other stuff. As Schulte dove into the proof of Fermat's last theorem, he was captivated by the mathematical objects involved. Structures called modular forms and elliptic curves unify different areas of number theory, algebra, geometry, and analysis. He said reading about the kinds of objects involved in the proof was even more fascinating than the problem itself. 
Today, he still leans toward problems rooted in basic equations about whole numbers. Those tangible roots make even esoteric mathematical structures feel concrete to him. He said he's happiest when his abstract constructions lead him back around to small discoveries about ordinary whole numbers. After high school, Schulze continued to pursue this interest in number theory and geometry at Bonn. Eugen Hellman, his classmate, recalled that in his mathematics classes, Schulze never took notes. He understood the course material in real time, and he didn't just understand it. He really understood it on some kind of deep level. Schulze started researching arithmetic geometry, which uses geometric tools to understand whole number solutions to polynomial equations. For some of these equations, it's useful to study whether they have solutions among alternative number systems called p-adic numbers. P-adic numbers, like the real numbers, are built by filling in the gaps between whole numbers and fractions. But these systems are based on a non-standard notion of where the gaps lie and which numbers are close to each other. In a p-adic number system, Two numbers are considered close if the difference between them can be divided many times by p, not if the difference between them is small. P-adic numbers, Schulze said, are far more removed from our everyday intuitions. Over the years, though, they have come to feel natural to him. He said now he finds real numbers much, much more confusing than p-adic numbers. He's gotten so used to them that now real numbers feel very strange. In the 1970s, mathematicians noticed that many problems concerning p-adic numbers are easier if you expand the p-adic numbers. They expanded them creating an infinite tower of number systems in which each one wraps around the one below it p amount of times. The p-adic numbers are at the bottom of the tower. At the top of this infinite tower is the ultimate wraparound space. This is a fractal object that is the simplest example of the perfectoid spaces Schulze would later develop. Schulze decided to figure out why this infinite wraparound construction makes so many problems about p-adic numbers and polynomials easier. He was trying to understand the core of this phenomenon, he said. There was no general formalism that could explain it. He eventually realized that it's possible to construct perfectoid spaces for a wide variety of mathematical structures. He showed that perfectoid spaces make it possible to slide questions about polynomials from the p-adic world into a different mathematical universe where arithmetic is much simpler. Weinstein, the number theorist at BU, said the weirdest property about perfectoid spaces is that they can magically move between the two number systems. This insight allowed Schulze to prove part of a complicated statement about the p-adic solutions to polynomials. This statement is called the weight monodromy conjecture. It became his 2012 doctoral thesis. Weinstein said Schulze's thesis had such far-reaching implications that it was the topic of study groups all over the world. Hellman and Schulze found the correct and cleanest way to incorporate all the previous work to find an elegant formulation. And then he said, because Schulze really did find the correct framework, it goes way beyond the known results. Despite the complexity of perfectoid spaces, Schulze is known for clear talks and papers. Weinstein said he really doesn't understand anything until Schulze explains it to him. Schulze makes a point of trying to explain his ideas at a level that even beginning graduate students can follow, said Anna Karayani, the number theorist at Princeton. 
And Schulze doesn't just do that with a few senior people, she said. A lot of young people have access to him. His friendly, approachable attitude makes him an ideal leader in his field. One time, Karyani and Schulze were on a difficult hike with a group of mathematicians. She said he was the one running around, making sure that everyone made it and checking up on everyone. Yet, Hellman said even with Schulte's explanations, perfectoid spaces are hard for researchers to grasp. He said if you move a little bit away from Schulze's approach, then you're in the middle of the jungle, and it's actually very hard. Schulze avoids getting tangled in the jungle vines by forcing himself to fly above them. As when he was in college, he prefers to work without writing anything down. He said that means that he must formulate his ideas in the cleanest way possible. You only have a limited capacity in your head, he said, so you can't do overly complicated things. While other mathematicians are now starting to work with perfectoid spaces, some of the biggest discoveries about them have come from Schulze and his collaborators. In 2013, a result he posted online stunned the community, Weinstein said. They had no idea that such a theorem was on the horizon. Schultz's results expanded the scope of rules known as reciprocity laws, which govern the behavior of polynomials that use the arithmetic of a clock. Clock arithmetics are the most natural and widely studied finite number systems in mathematics. Reciprocity laws are generalizations of quadratic reciprocity law, a cornerstone of number theory, and one of Schultz's personal favorite theorems. The law states that given two prime numbers, p and q, in most cases, P is a perfect square on a clock with Q hours exactly when Q is a perfect square on a clock with P hours. Schultze found it very surprising. On the surface, he said, these two things seem to have nothing to do with each other. Weinstein said you can interpret a lot of modern algebraic number theory as just attempts to generalize this law. In the mid-20th century, mathematicians discovered an astonishing link between reciprocity laws and what seemed like an entirely different subject. This was the hyperbolic geometry of patterns such as M.C. Escher's famous angel-devil tilings of a disk. This link is a core part of the Langlands program, a collection of interconnected conjectures and theorems about the relationship between number theory, geometry, and analysis. When these conjectures can be proved, they are often enormously powerful. For instance, the proof of Fermat's last theorem boiled down to solving one small section of the Langlands program. Mathematicians have gradually become aware that the Langlands program extends far beyond the hyperbolic disk. It can also be studied in higher dimensional hyperbolic spaces and a variety of other contexts. Now, Schulze has shown how to extend the Langlands program to a wide range of structures in hyperbolic three space and beyond. By constructing a perfectoid version of a hyperbolic three-space, Schulze has discovered an entirely new suite of reciprocity laws. Cariani said his work has completely transformed what can be done and what mathematicians have access to. Weinstein said Schulte's results show that the Langlands program is deeper than they thought. It's more systematic, he said, it's ever-present. Discussing mathematics with Schulze is like consulting a truth oracle, Weinstein said. If Schulze says, yes, it's going to work, you can be confident of it. Yet collaborating with Schulze is not as intense an experience as might be expected, Karayani said. 
When she worked with Schultze, there was never a sense of hurry. She said it felt like somehow they were always doing things the right way, somehow proving the most general theorem that they could in the nicest way, doing the right constructions that would illuminate things. There was one occasion, though, when Schultze himself did hurry, while trying to finish up a paper in late 2013, shortly before the birth of his daughter. It was a good thing he pushed himself then, he said, because he didn't get much done afterwards. Becoming a father has forced him to become more disciplined in how he uses his time, Schultze said, but he doesn't have to make a point of blocking off time for research. Mathematics simply fills all the spaces between his other obligations. He said mathematics is his passion. He always wants to think about it. But he's not inclined to romanticize this passion. A private person, he is somewhat uncomfortable with his growing celebrity. He said at times it's a bit overwhelming. He tries to not let his daily life get influenced by it. Schulze continues to explore perfectoid spaces, but he has also branched out into other areas of mathematics touching on algebraic topology, which uses algebra to study shapes. Bargav Bhatt from the University of Michigan said over the course of the last year and a half, Schulze has become a complete master of the subject. He changed the way experts think about it. Bot said it can be scary but also exciting for other mathematicians when Schulze enters their field. He said it means the subject is really going to move fast. He's excited that Schulze is working in an area that's close to his own. He said he actually sees the frontiers of knowledge moving forward. But to Schulze, his work so far is just a warm-up. That was a recap of Erica Clarish's story, The Oracle of Arithmetic. You're listening to Quantum Magazine's podcast. I'm Karen Shikurji. For news, interviews, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org.